truth response. Okay. Waited in the parking lot. Promise, I swear. That is really what happened. Did you pray for? Was it like yeah, one right of those church outreach where like <laughs> yeah, we're women not... going and building things? I think I really we're knew... not doing testimonies. I don't think I really knew Jesus at <laughs> that time. I mean, we could. Just we, no, I don't think we need really to. See, <laughs> see when I, I delivered pizzas, I used to have to go to the strip club because my boss knew I'd be the only one who wouldn't stop and stare. So. So, anyways, so we've been talking about... Are we on? We are. Sweet. Oh. oh. We've been recording for a while, so all the strip club comments were all <laughs> Hey, I got to delete them, I can, I I never can delete went. them now. I, I waited in I the parking lot. I have nothing to hide lot. either. Me and one other guy. Both of us looked at each other while everyone else went in. It was my buddy who was getting married, and it was like his bachelor party night, so we went to a baseball game, and then on the way back, there was this really skeezy strip club in the really skeezy Wait, was part it, of town. Was it Mustang Sally's? No. Oh. Mustang Sally. I don't even remember Best what it's called. better slow. Um, Mustang down. It's called the Carousel. That's what oh, it was the called. Carousel. Yeah, and it's really... almost as good as Mons Venus. Yeah, and so we we pulled in and oh my gosh, all the we're going here. <laughs> all the guys went in, and I was like, I am not going in there. And the other guy looked at me, he's like, Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going in there either. He's like, My wife will kill me. And I was like, Yeah, I just don't feel right about it. So they went in. They spent their hour or so in there. Then my buddy's dad was like, Michael, if you tell your mother we went in there, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so, I don't know if we're going to keep the, the strip club talk or not, but... Uh, invite me back for another What's interesting, we're, we're going we're gonna to go into church talk today. Boom! Like picking churches and whatnot. Strip clubs to churches. Um, That's a good segue. Well, actually, Hookers the one Jesus. thing, one Hookers of the things Jesus. that I really like liked about the church... The last church that Lizzie worked at was they actually had a ministry that would go to the strip club, and uh, you could tell a little would, bit more it, about it. They would take them food, and like right around Halloween and stuff, they got their kids Halloween costumes, like the oh. women that worked and stuff. And so it was just women in the church that would go in. Um, they usually had a guy with them that would stay in the parking lot and pray just so that there was some security and stuff. And eventually it closed down, and it became a bar, and most of the girls that had been strippers before um, – learned how mixology and stuff and became bartenders mm. from that. So so it's at least a step up, right? Yeah. yeah. Definitely mean, was not a Baptist church, up, right? Yeah. So. yeah, there was a church in um, West Pasco where I grew up called the Salvation Saloon, and it actually was a former strip club. Mm. Yeah. Um, and they didn't have church on Sundays because they didn't want to. It was a biker church, and so mm-hmm. they had church on Thursday nights, Friday mm-hmm. nights, Saturday mm-hmm. nights. The nights that you would typically go to a bar or a strip club, those were the nights they had church. And, mm-hmm. like, I went to play drums there a couple times, and they were wild. I don't even know if I've been in the parking lot of a strip club. Oh, that's not true. I definitely have been in the parking lot of a strip club. But I was going to a hookah bar and didn't know there was a strip club there until well after I stopped going to that hookah bar. So, like, How come everybody's naked in this hookah bar? <laughs> <laughs> no, that definitely wasn't the case. Okay. But I mean, yeah, and I'm, Am I supposed I've known, to be naked, too? <laughs> I've known churches that have also, like... Um, that have had places for prostitutes to sleep before their services and stuff like that, like small rooms and stuff where they can, like, go take a nap or something. So Where's the border on that, like, like accepting those people and, like, approving of their lifestyle 
and like other people that maybe we approve of or we love, but we don't approve of their lifestyle. Where's the border on that? Well, what this, do you mean by the church, that? The church that had the place for them to sleep, they their goal was not to keep them in their congregation, but oh. to pass them off to a different church. Gotcha. Okay. So their their goal was to help them get out of the situation that they're in, whatever that situation is, yeah. and then move them on to another church. It wasn't for them to stay at that church and keep attending gotcha. that church. Okay. That, that was my honest question. And, they, them, and then the we same. We just don't want them here. Well, no, it wasn't that. It was trying to get them pa- out of that kind of lifestyle because it was a biker church. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a little bit rougher crowd, a little bit, you know. Yeah more accepting not not accepting but like on the outside it looks accepting to yeah. like the you know the women working and stuff and so the reason why i asked that i had a conversation with someone this past week um that their son wants to go into ministry which is great i mean and i said get ready but they had their <laughs> they wanted their son to come talk to me and i'm like of all the people and they're like well you kind of had a rough past and and now you're in ministry i'm like you're the biggest sinner we know so that's <laughs> <is, laughs> yeah. You were the biggest sinner. No, I still am. Uh, I'm probably the assistant of the chief of sinners. But um, they had hesitations about their son coming to talk to me about ministry because they thought our church accepted and approved of people who live in a homosexual lifestyle. And I was like, interesting. How would they get that? We, we accept those people into our church. Yeah, because we love everybody just like Jesus did. Right. We don't approve of the lifestyle. Well, but, but we love everybody the same. Like, that's yeah. how... That's how Jesus did it. Yeah. I mean, Jesus said to the woman who was buck naked and thrown out of the place, you know, like, you know, I, I'm the only one here that could throw a stone at you. You're good to go. Don't sin anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, like out of all of the people that could that could be judgmental, you know, he would be the one and he didn't. And so we're yeah. supposed to act that way, too. You know, yeah, that's so true. There's definitely a way to navigate all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the blurry line, the blurriness comes from our just our culture. Mm. It's like automatically if you associate with these people, mm. you accept these people. Guess that happened in the first century too. Because that <laughs> well, was the same way okay. the Pharisees looked at Jesus. But let's you, define that further. Yeah. Because like accept these people. I accept everybody that comes into our church. Mm-hmm. They can come right on in. Okay. I don't mean the people. I I, I okay. The right. Lifestyle. The lifestyle. Let's, let's, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. We, we don't approve that. of the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we accept those people. Like, yep. let's use their terms, you know, like, let's let's talk in, in, in that way so that, that it's clear. Yeah. Like, we accept. And there's there's healing yeah. in all of that, whether, I mean, we've got people that are drug addicted or stuck in alcohol, uh, alcohol addiction or pornography or sex addiction or extramarital affairs or, I mean, any, you name it. Like, those people are in our church every Sunday. And... That's great. That's where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Like we, I, I love that about our church. Is like so many people feel feel like when they come in, like wow, there's something different here. Yeah. It's okay that I've got a past. It's just not okay to stay in your past. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think one of the hard things in our culture now is to accept me. You have to approve of me. That's right. mm-hmm. that's a, a yep. thought that in a lot of Christians, right? And I, I love the analogy that the church is a, is a hospital, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't go to a hospital because you're well. You go to a hospital because you're sick. And mm-hmm. I don't go to a hospital at all. But um, That's because you're afraid of needles. I am terrified. I have to get my blood drawn this week. I am, yes. pray for, please, pray <laughs> for me. And I'm going to tell them I'm a screamer. I'm going to start off with that. Walk in the room. Can you live stream it? <laughs> TikTok. Can make yeah, it it'll happen. be on TikTok live, just okay, so you don't have to download TikTok. So, welcome to our conversation today. 
This is Derek speaking. We're here. already 15 minutes in, but that's okay. And <laughs> we, we are about eight minutes in or whatever, but yeah, it's okay. Uh, I'm Derek. I'm Lizzie. I'm Jasper. I'm William. Grant. Good job. <laughs> nice. Jasper is not really Jasper. That's, that's Nikki Antoine. So uh, the real Nikki Antoine. I, I got one with all of that, though. Like, as a church, we, st- we still have to stand on certain mm-hmm. things. Yeah. We're, we're not willing to, to water down our values. Right. There's, there's some non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. So how do you define those non-negotiables? In a, in a world that's constantly saying, water down, water down, accept, accept. As a church, how, how do we stand? Oh. We stand upon the Word of God. I mean, that's mm-hmm. straight out of Scripture. Like, I, that's the only thing there is. I mean, Nick I, preaches from the Bible every yeah. Sunday. And, and a lot of it is, is there a heart of repentance? I mean, some of it is not really as objective as we want it to mm-hmm. be. Some of it is subjective. Um, and I'm going to, let's call it, let's call it we need to operate in the spirit of subjectivity where it's the spirit's guidance and I, that gets confirmed by a lot by a host it's not usually one person making one decision about somebody else it's a host of people um, and the biggest place you're going to find that is in leadership um, pretty much anybody can come on Sunday morning mm-hmm. anybody can worship with us on Sunday morning uh, when it comes to taking the next step of of your faith we talked a little bit about that a couple weeks ago or last week or however long ago that it actually was, um, there's got to be some conversation and some understanding of, all right, I'm at this point. There is there is a, a next point that I have to get to through prayer. You guys talked about that uh, in our special episode um, through confession and repentance and baptism. And mm-hmm. and there needs to be that, that forward progress in becoming a changed life. And you tend to see, like, I think there's a spirit, the Holy Spirit gives us discernment, uh, and and I, you tend to just be able to see, wow, that person is a changed life. That person wants to be a changed life, but is allowing other things to pull them away from where God's desiring for them to go. Kind of, kind of like a Jonah, um, which, by the way, I'm preaching on this weekend. So wow, might just have, might just have to drop that in there, um, yeah, there just to see what happens. But uh, you know, they're running away from God's God's call, God's push, God's mm-hmm. revelation in their life. So, obviously, there's some low-hanging fruit in that. Like, all right, is this, does this person, are they involved, like, as far as we know, in, in an extramarital affair? Are they married and living with some, are they not married and living with somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where does this, what does this person do professionally? Like, <laughs> Are they a bookie? Are they a bartender? Like, and there's not always, we can't allow mm-hmm. some of the, the presuppositions that come along with some of those things to cloud our judgment either. Mm-hmm. But typically, the Spirit of God is going to lead people out of some of those, those places where, like, I run the CBD dispensary. Well... Okay. Probably not going to put you in children's ministry. Probably not, right? <laughs> but that's. But we will put you like, in celebrate recovery. Just right. putting that out there. When 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 it comes to, like, putting people in leadership and whatnot, mm. like that that's leadership when those or, conversations are like a must, right? Or like, I th- 
yeah. not just leadership, but a teaching position. Teaching. Well, okay, yeah. but that's yeah. leadership. Like anybody mm-hmm. who's like volunteering in a ministry mm-hmm. in any kind of leadership capacity is is one of those people. You know, mm-hmm. like are you're being the example of our church. Mm-hmm. That's when those hard conversations have to come to. Yeah. See, I've I've landed for a long time that that I am not going to tell somebody that they have to leave all of their nastiness, right? Like they have to clean it all up before they come to Jesus right. because that's Absolutely ridiculous not. and yeah. that's not biblical. Um, so I believe that that once once you find Jesus, he starts working on you one room at a time. And a lot of that comes through being in discipleship mm-hmm. and being in fellowship with, with other believers. Mm-hmm. And those people that are close to you, they start saying, hey, dude, like, this is probably not the best thing for you to be doing. Mm-hmm. And conviction comes through a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, when it gets to, like, if you're still doing those things or haven't had that hard conversation and you're now somehow becoming in a leadership position or being considered for a leadership position, that's when you have to just be like, okay, gloves have to come off here. Sorry, this is this is the way things are, you know, mm-hmm. and then you have to have those tough conversations, but... I don't know. Like, I think that some of the watered downness comes from, and this is something I'm, I'm really, I'm pretty proud of Lizzie for tackling in the, in the kids area, um, is not doing this. But so the story of like Noah, right? And how when we Dude, that teach was two kids, weeks ago, we can't talk about Noah. When we teach kids about the story of Noah, we talk about him, you know, God saving Noah and his family and all the animals. And we talk about how great it was and the promise that he'd never flood the earth again. And that is the story we tell the kids most of the time. Um, the real story says that God was very angry with the people in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And he decided he was going to sh- destroy all of humanity. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, this is, like, this is true grit right here. You know, like, it's, it's I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done with all of this. But Noah was found to be righteous. And he was like, okay, I'm going to save humanity through this guy because I know he's going to do whatever I tell him to do. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and he, in the flood, kills off all of humanity, right? Except for Noah and his family. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's the real story behind it. And so I think the watered downness comes from when I was a child, I was taught Noah's Ark and all the animals were saved, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, whereas, like, the knit and grit is really like God saved humanity by killing most of it. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, there was grace in the midst of judgment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm, that's good. Grace in the midst of judgment. That's just something like, I mean, I grew up in the church and about the Bible and stuff, and he never shied away from those things. Like, he never, like, shied away from, like, like kind of the ugly stuff. For me, like one of my growing up, one of my dad's favorite uh, books of the Bible was Judges, um, <laughs> um, and what. yeah, and one of like that was probably his favorite book. And there's a lot of really interesting things that happen in Judges, um, but his favorite probably Bible story was Judah and Tamar, mm. and mm. how um, Judah had sons. Uh, Tamar married the oldest. Um, he died. Uh, <laughs> Gave, gave his second son to her. He refused to impregnate her. He died and was killed. 
and then he, he refused to give his... upon the floor. Yeah. And so um, he has a third son that's younger, and he, she, he says, wait, wait, wait. And then um, she dresses herself as a, up as a prostitute and sleeps with her father-in-law and gets pregnant. And <laughs> Grant's face is hilarious. Like this, this he is, wants to kill her. And then he wants to kill her. And, and he's like, here's the, here, here's the things of the guy that I slept with, and it's his stuff. He's like, oh, snap. You He's are like, far more righteous than I. Yeah. So, like, my dad never shied away from those things, talking about those things and stuff like that, or talking about, you know, judges and, you know, chop, chopping up the concubine and stuff like that. Like, those were stories that I grew up hearing and stuff you like that. You now understand Lizzie a little <laughs> bit better. Right? My grandfather skipped that. <laughs> Pop up didn't tell me about that. Um, <laughs> the chopping up the concubine either? No, missed and that. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but these are like as like you know disturbing as these stories are like they're still part of the history in the bible and they're still part of you know the stories that you can learn from and the things that you can learn from and kind of the point of judges is like they would come close to god they'd fall away from god and the judgment you know that god would send and then like the fact that like God would try and reconcile his people and they'd go through it again. And then basically at the end it's like, and everybody did as they saw fit. And that's mm-hmm. why these things were happening. Yeah, I think that's something that most people miss. Like, talk to a lot of people mm-hmm. in the very recent past uh, that are like, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, incest and <laughs> and approves of all these different things. And it's it's like, yeah, it, it talks about them and says how messed up they are. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it says that, you know, they did what was right in their own eyes. And this is this was a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's telling the history of religious people. Right. That that I get it. They were religious people, but it's telling the history that God didn't approve of and why he kept getting angry with them mm -hmm. and throwing them out and dispersing them Mm -hmm. and then bringing them back when they decided that they weren't going to do those things anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. The, the slavery, any bad, I say yeah. bad slavery because yeah. there's two different connotations of slavery in the Bible, right? There's the, the slavery that most Americans think of at some points, and then there's the slavery of, like, just indentured servitude that you owe somebody something, so you work it off for, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. after a certain amount of time. And there's lots of rules and stuff we could get into, we have before. Um, but, like, the the beating of a slave is never... Condoned. Told you're you're told to treat your slaves well, right? Mm -hmm. And and the the ideas that you know, anytime all of these things, these bad things happen, that the Bible, because it's in the Bible, it's all of a sudden condoning it is Mm -hmm. just nonsense. Because God says in Scripture that these is this is not what I want you to be doing. Mm -hmm. That's why I I keep getting angry with you. It's because you're doing all of these things. And I think that gets missed a lot Yeah, I mean, by people who aren't in the church, right? It really is the same, pers- the same perspective of because you're with these people, then you must accept their behavior, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the same type of mis- miscommunication and misunderstanding mm-hmm. that exists broadly. Uh, and it's, it is, it's all misunderstanding. It's misinterpretation. It's, it's not understanding context, um, and 
Which is why I try and, to tell people don't read it at a glance either. Right, yeah. And read it, depth. Usually it's all because people are trying to justify something. They're trying to justify their action or inaction. They're trying to justify their action in retaliation against you if it's because mm-hmm. you are with somebody you shouldn't be with in, in, some, in some context. Or it's inaction, which is I don't have to accept this because it says these things, mm-hmm. even though it's yeah. completely out of context. So. Right. It's all self-promotion and self-justification for, for rebelling, for being in a state of active re- rebellion. So with all this mess, why should I even go to church? You should go to church. Why? Because <laughs> you need to. <laughs> if, 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 you know, people are, are these ways, if yeah. people, if church people are even the ones that, like, hung Jesus on the cross, why should I go to church? The the base of it is we are called to live and operate in a state of community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. Then you can say, well, I can do community outside of church. Yes. We're called to operate in a state of holy community. And even though the church is an imperfect picture of the community that represents God's image and, and God's... God's concept of community, it is meant to reveal and to lead us into a place closer to him. Mm-hmm. Most important thing in all of that is going to be a, a leadership that understands mm-hmm. our part of this mm-hmm. this body that we represent yeah. and the community that we serve is and always will be imperfect. As soon as we start to think that we are better than, as soon as we start to think mm-hmm. that we somehow have this whole thing figured out, mm-hmm. that's the moment in which abuse comes, neglect comes, um, the wrong, the wrong message gets revealed and spoken. Um, is when it, when the focus and the shift comes off of following Jesus mm-hmm. and working to imitate Him as best as we can mm-hmm. in our lives, and it becomes. Uh, all about self-satisfaction, mm-hmm. self-promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, is my church bigger, wealthier, yeah. whatever, than the others? And Grant and I were having a really good conversation about this, and Lizzie and, uh, and other Derek, White Chocolate Thunder, uh, <laughs> we were having a good, communica- good chat about this a little bit earlier today, like about churches that are just so forthcoming with with numbers, and it's where it's, where it's number-focused and not Jesus-focused. Well, and I think, too, throughout the Bible, like, if you go and search and are looking for it, you see that most of when people come back to God or are coming back to God, it's through their community. It's right. through people that are calling them out and saying, hey, this is wrong. I think mostly of David, David mm-hmm. and Bathsheba. Nathan, was it Nathan? Yeah, Nathan. The prophet Nathan was like, this guy has a sheep. You have one, you know, has one sheep and... You're like, oh, I like his sheep. So you're like, uh, that's my sheep now. Like, and then he's like, David's like, well, that's wrong. Like, and he's like, well, you know, dude, it's you. Like, <laughs> uh, you did the same thing. Like, and through that community is where what builds us and makes us stronger is having those people that that call us out, having those people that are keeping us accountable. And like, you can try to do it alone, but you're not going to have like it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a, a, a more of a struggle to once you fall away to come back. Um, and it's all, it's all about how, like, this is what I used to be or this is what I used to do and, like, look at where I am now in compared, comparison to that. 
And God works through the church to do those things a lot of the times and through his people, even though there's bad people in the church. Yeah, and, and there's definitely um, growth, growth comes through conflict and contact. And if we're not in contact with other people, we're not going to experience growth. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the winnowing. It's the smoothing out of rough edges. The Proverbs tells us as iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. so one man sharpens another. And that's a really bold statement that we use a whole lot. Um, and maybe we use it to our own detriment, but um, there is something really, really profound in that statement because these two hard elements of of metal, I mean, they have to come and clash with one another in order for those things to, to grow, in order for those things to become something more useful than they were in the state that they were in originally. I think when it comes to accountability, you've got to look at two things. For, for one, you have to be in a community that you're willing to be vulnerable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I mean, so easily we can just hold it in and just put up the facade. Oh, I go to church. There's the facade, mm-hmm. you know. But if you're vulnerable, you have to be in a circle that you trust people, not mm-hmm. to, like, tell your secrets, but, but trust that they're going to be uh, a solid sounding board mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. from a biblical perspective and point you in the right direction mm-hmm. and not... You know, and not just point and say, good luck. It's a, hey, I'm going to walk through this with you and truly, you know, bring it full circle with the community. It's not a, uh, there's full support there and full encouragement. It's it's hard. It's all hard Mm -hmm. because finding a place where people are open and honest and vulnerable is hard. And then coming to the place where you're willing to be open and honest and vulnerable with others is hard. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not, there's nothing easy about, about faith, about, about Christianity specifically, uh, because it is all a come and die <laughs> type, of, uh, type of faith. I mean, it's dying to self and being reborn as something brand new and and trusting that in somewhere in the midst of all of this self-sacrifice in a world that's all about self-promotion, that there is going to be this point of salvation that you're going to experience both in the current context of life you're in and in, and in the future endeavor as well. It's, it's hard. So in Hebrews, Hebrews 10 is, is also instruction, right? Like, yeah, you take that out. Uh, Hebrews ten. Uh, I'm not. I wasn't going to read it. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, it it <laughs> says it to to not forsake the the you gathering. know getting gathering to, of believers as mm-hmm. some people are in the habit of doing, trying to lone wolf it, right? Yeah. Like, uh, so with mm-hmm. with not only the idea that like community is helpful mm-hmm. and encouraged and is a great thing. But also with the command in Scripture to to not forsake the the community, right? Mm-hmm. 
the going to church of sorts, right? Because mm-hmm. we are the church. Mm-hmm. So the gathering of believers, we five in this room right now are, are we're at church, right? Mm-hmm. So like we are the church. And so, um, but not forsaking going to church. Like with with that, okay, fine. I'm at a point where I can accept that. What church do I go to? Mm-hmm. There's so many, and mm-hmm. they all fight. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I find a church, the mm-hmm. right church, mm-hmm. a church that I can be welcomed in? Obviously, the one with the best lighting and the best music. That's how you <laughs> pick a church. For sure. Yeah. Ten, ten times out of ten. Yeah, absolutely. Especially um, a small to medium-sized church yeah. located on Bell Boulevard. Yeah, <laughs> in Lehigh Acres, Florida. Um, <laughs> it's interesting you talk about that because I grew up, I, I have friends who used to be like, well, you church hop so much. And I was like, I look back at my life and I, I look at, I never really fit in in any church that I ever was a part of. Like I grew up in Episcopalian. I went to a Methodist church after I got saved. I got saved in a restoration movement church, but we didn't live close to them. So I started going to this Methodist church because they had a youth group and there was other people my age, but they were all talking about their drug problems. At that time, I didn't have a drug problem. And then I was like, uh, so I started going to this Baptist church and that was kind of cool, but then the youth pastor left and I didn't really have any friends there. So like, eh. And I started going to this other restoration movement church and I was like, oh, I actually kind of fit in here. And like people are like comfortable talking to me and I'm comfortable talking to other people about my things. At this time I was a high schooler. And I just remember like, I remember thinking like, is this going to be my entire life? Like I'm going to just have to keep going, like, you know, get invested somewhere. And then six months later, like, nah, I don't know if this is the place for me and then move on mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And then as a young adult, I mean, Ultimately, I moved moved closer to that church I got saved in, so I was there forever. And then um, some life circumstances changed. And then um, even when my now wife, Colleen, and I were looking for a church, we lived in this tiny little town of 4,000 people and probably 4,003 churches. And <laughs> we went to one church because it shared the same name as the one I grew up in. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe they're like similar. And we go, and they were very not similar. I remember walking in and the first three hours of the service were just um, people running around with tambourines, which, hey, if you're into that, that's cool too. And then the other hour and a half of the service was the sermon was about how the pastor uh, the pastor spent so long on this sermon that we should be really proud of the pastor. That's what I got from that sermon. Oh, wow. And my wife, who has hypoglycemia, about an hour in, was like, I need a snack. Like, <laughs> Is it baby. communion time yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, this church didn't have communion. They Ooh. had... Um, they had uh, conviction, I think. Um, and so then we went to another church, um, and then we got out of our car, and I think I was actually dressed better than I am now, which I'm wearing a plaid shirt and jeans. And I remember someone came up to us as we were walking, and my wife was in like a sundress or something like that. We went walking up to this church, and they told us we weren't dressed for church. So then we got back in our car. We're like, well, that was weird. And so we're like, well, you know, everybody's, you know, everybody in this tiny little town of 4,000 people says, well, you got to check out this church. So we went to this other church and the first hour and a half was praise and worship, which was great. And uh, we didn't realize that that was the whole, not the whole service because we got up to leave. They do like meet and greet in the middle. And we got up to leave and someone's like, oh, where are you going? And we're like, oh, that wasn't it. Like that 15 minute sermon on the end by the lady walking around yelling into the mic like a lot and the screaming in the... Oh, that wasn't it. There's more to this. And so like, yeah, it wasn't, I, I think of it as intermission. Um, wow. And, uh, you know, and so for us, I was like, I mean, granted, we lived in a small town, so there weren't that many, you know, options for churches for at least people our age. So, you know, I, I hear it all the time from Nick. He's like, why did you drive an hour to this church? And it's like, well, because it was the one that I fit in. At. And like, I get it. I'm not the no- most normal person in the room, but 
you know, well, <laughs> I mean, if the he's not fits, the most normal, <laughs> um, uh, farthest probably from that. I think um, we've all got our non-normally yeah. <laughs> normality. I, um, I do not align uh, with that statement. But you <laughs> right. know, it's interesting. Like finding a church is hard. Like, mm-hmm. and granted, I'm not going somewhere to get a, a, a good term. I used to hear when I was an adolescent was, "Oh, you're going to get your ears tickled," because the Restoration Movement church that I ended up in was kind of a bigger church in the town. They were probably about two thousand people. Um, their services were contemporary. But the teaching was phenomenal. Like yeah. their lead pastor and their and their communications team was phenomenal. I mean, most of them had PhDs. These dudes left like universities to come be at this church because it was just the th- place for them, and they fit in. And the programming was really great for. I was a youth at that time, so yeah, I kind of had opposite. Yeah, growing up, uh, I was born in a Baptist church. I was raised in a Baptist church. And now you're going to die in Baptist church. I am surprised that I didn't go to Baptist seminary. Actually, that was kind of out of rebellion. But we can get to that a different day. If the um, fits. But, so I got to see a little church that was hymns, right? Not awesome hers. sermon. Not hers. Um, very much not hers. Um, hymns, hymns only. They had the women actually sit in the balcony, and all the men had to sit in the front. Had to dress dress nice, like, I mean, everybody was accepted. It wasn't like a, hey, you can't come in if you're not dressed nice. But most of the people there dressed fancy, fancy. Uh, If you worked on staff, you dressed in three-piece. Like, Mm. that's just how it was. And this is Little Church, right? I wouldn't have survived. And I got to see that. None of us would have survived. I got to see that little, like, 200 people, 300 people church. I know it's a little, but it it felt little, okay? Um, grow into 600 people where there was both hymns and like normal contemporary praise and worship and even a special music in there. I don't know how we did it in like an hour and 15 minutes. It was like packed in, but, um, but with an awesome sermon, like the, my pastor growing up was just phenomenal. He was awesome. He was easy to understand. He was very relatable. Um, just an average Joe who had a calling, right? Which was so cool. Um, to 200 people and only, pretty much only, uh, contemporary praise and worship. Um, like, in that time, I saw a youth group go from, um, you know, maybe 30, 40, 50 people to almost 200 to back down to 30 people. Um, and so like, I, I was on that roller coaster throughout my life. I got to see all the changes. And if you came to, if you came to that church when I was five and then came back again when I was 15 and then came back again when I was 21, hundred percent, you'd think you were walking into a different church. Mm-hmm. So that, that was kind of my experience growing up. And then I got married and went to uh, a non-denominational Christian church I didn't even know what that meant, and I didn't even know what, like, and I went to Bible school, um, <laughs> and I, I didn't know, like, I didn't know there was a diff. I mean, I knew there was a difference between elders and deacons, but I never really separated the thought between the two, because growing up in a Baptist church, you have deacons. You don't really have elders, and you they, have elders in yours? they served both purposes, mm-hmm. and so, I don't know. It was It was strange, and then... I saw that not done very well, um, and then came here, and 
had some mixed reviews. <laughs> and uh, over the course of my time at this church, I have seen mess grow into whatever Jesus is doing with the church right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like, which I don't know where it's headed, but it's great. And it's mm -hmm. all being led by, mm -hmm. by Jesus. So yeah. um, that was kind of my experience growing up in the church. I, I mean, I experienced a, a cult come through my hometown that convinced a lot of teenagers um, to move to Ohio from Kearney, Missouri. No, it's Kearney, a cult Missouri. Then. Um, they, sorry, Grant. they sprinkled in. <laughs> Are you from Ohio? Yeah, I'm, no, from Ohio. I'm sorry. Dude. <laughs> my mo my um, mom's from Ohio. You're from Ohio. Though. That's the most important thing. You're not going to Ohio. You're from Ohio. But they sprinkled in, there. they sprinkled in little bits of like false in the midst of truth, right? Mm. Just how most cults do things, you mm. know, it's not all false or else it would be blatantly obvious, but um, so I, I experienced all that in, in the midst of church, and that was kind of a, as horrible as it was, it was kind of a cool experience because the churches in my little town, the idea of 4,000 churches and four, you know, 4,000 4, people, people and 4,000 right. churches, yeah. Yeah, uh, is very similar to my hometown, and I got to see all of the area churches call a meeting together hmm. to deal with this this mess that came about, hmm. which... I said we could we could talk on that some other day too but it's interesting so I how have an unity opposite. came from a bad thing actually like you don't i don't see almost that like often. god can use anything wow <laughs> yeah and it's interesting you mentioned like how when you guys showed up here like this church was completely different like mm -hmm. even from when oh, yeah. we showed up here yeah. three years ago right like mm -hmm. rise is so much different than we were as lee hikers christian church and mm -hmm. you've been with us for what two years yeah, a little bit less than that. Yeah, and so yeah, and our church has changed <laughs> yeah. so much since you've been here, and Nick's been here, and it's changed. And Nick's like, I'm just holding on, I'm just <laughs> holding on, Jesus, I'm just holding on as I, tight as I can. Another thing that's interesting to point out too is like, we change, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so where who I was when we first moved here is a hundred percent different than who I am now, mm -hmm. and so was the church. But my perspective of the church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I almost wonder if I was who I I am now, if I'd have stayed then. Mm -hmm. hmm. I would have viewed the church. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what, what, how I would have had a perspective of the church then. You know, mm -hmm. so that's There's... something to consider when 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 going to pick out a church is. Um, we've said a lot recently. Don't. Whatever you go in looking for is what you're going to find. Mm. So don't go in looking for the bad, right? Go in looking for Jesus. And whenever you find him, hold on. Oh, hold on, right. And, and whenever conflict arises, because it will, it, it always does. Mm -hmm. Like it's not something that in any place, right? No place you go. doesn't matter if it's a church or if it's the supermarket, there's going to be conflict arise, right? So when conflict arises, if you're the person that's just ready to ditch and leave and go somewhere different, you're part of that problem, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a point in which you got to leave, right? Like, there's a point mm -hmm. in which you got to dust off your sandals, and I get that. But if you're just, yeah, I'm, 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 not the gonna try to work this out. out. Yeah. I'm not gonna try to like, you know, 
dig my feet in and and help figure out and sharpen this iron, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's being sharpened in the midst of conflict. Like then then your part of the problem probably needs to go in the first place. Yeah. So yeah, really really good points there and there's a couple of things that you guys mentioned that uh, I think are worthy of some discussion too. You, you talked to use the word church hopping. And some use the word church shopping, mm-hmm. um, which are two kind of similar mm-hmm. concepts and, and very, very American, I think. Um, so mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like for us to spend a little bit of time unpacking that. Um, and, and I liked what you said, Derek, about how sometimes you're just supposed to stick it out in the mm-hmm. storm. Mm-hmm. Like we... We are such consumers in the country we live in that as soon as something gets a little bit uncomfortable, we cut and run and we're out. And that's not at all what the church is supposed Mm -hmm. to represent or be revealed or how we are supposed to interact with the church. We've been called, I'm going to use that term like hard and fast, we've been called into the congregations that we, we operate in. We've been called there sometimes for seasons, sometimes for a lifetime. We've been called to grow there, but to also help others to grow. And one of those, one of those things that fires me up when people say it is, well, I just wasn't getting fed there. Mm. Right? That's one of those statements, which is like, <laughs> what exactly are you trying to eat? Like, you know, if, if you understand... Christianity to yeah. the point of knowing you're not getting fed, then you better start picking up a spoon and feeding others. Yeah, right, right on. Like, <laughs> that it's it's your turn to then feed others, right? So like, I there's somebody who probably listens to this podcast. That yeah, uh, we're talking to you. That I I, <laughs> I am going to kind of speak to, but it's it's something I can apply to everything. Mm-hmm. Like, at some point, your silence has to end. Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to say the hard things mm-hmm. at whatever cost it's going to cost, mm-hmm. because that is what is on your shoulders, and that is what you are called to do. And I understand that at some point, like to some extent, you have to hold back so that you can maintain as much grace and mercy as possible. But at some point, you got to stand up and speak. Mm-hmm. So. As, as easy, as, as hard as it is, I'm not going to say it's easy, as hard as it is to like, to sit back and hold your tongue and, and to bite your tongue um, at a lot of the mistakes that are made in a church sometimes, at some point, you got to open your mouth. Sure. And, and you've got you've to say something. If that, even if that means you need to get up on a Sunday morning and preach. Right, because because the word of God isn't being isn't being preached from the pulpit, mm. or whatever that might be. Mm. Like it, it's at some point it's your turn to step up and start feeding people. I also think it's not. That's also not an invitation to push your own agenda. Mm-hmm. Right. No. 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 Yeah. Because it, it kind of yeah, makes me think about this yeah. this concept between renting and owning. Mm-hmm. We are Christians. We are called to be owners. Sure. Right. And and I love using the word ownership or owners instead of the word member because a member has rights and an owner has responsibilities. If you rent a house and that water pipe break, who do you call? The landlord. But when you're the owner, you look it up on YouTube most likely, right? <laughs> Example, Bible, if you have a problem in your life, if you have a problem in your church, who do you go to? Word of God, right? Right. And then you fix it. 
you get the tools and you fix it. Right. If yeah. you're an owner, you and that's fix that's it. exactly what I'm talking about. That mm-hmm. that is exactly what I'm talking about. And and mm-hmm. sometimes it's just it's time. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That yeah, and and mm-hmm. that absolutely operates from both sides of kind of like where you guys are both going with that. Um, if the word of God isn't being preached, if there is something that is inherently against what the what the Bible reveals that's happening in your church, like that's it's not your job to run away from that. It's your job to confront that. And if the leadership there is unwilling to do something about it, at some point it's okay to say, all right, if if you guys see this and are unwilling to do anything about it, even though you recognize this is against what the Bible is is giving to us, then then I'm I'm gonna leave. Okay. And there's a way to to leave on good terms. Mm-hmm. It's not just I stop showing up. Mm-hmm. It's a hey, I had this conversation. Here's the deal. Like here's the thing that I see. Here's the biblical proof for this. It's in context. It's not proof texted. Like <laughs> here's here's the here's the what and the why and the how and, and all of those things. And here's my heart behind it. And since since these things aren't coming through the way that the Bible reveals them, like obviously you need to give an opportunity for people to respond because sometimes it's a blind spot. Sometimes it's, it's just neglect. Um, sometimes it's something that needs to be changed and, and leadership is going to be willing yeah. to change it. Um, sometimes it's, sometimes some of those things are you <laughs> like it's your wrong perspectives that have sure. put you in that space mm-hmm. where you feel like things aren't going the way you want them to, even though they're moving in the direction God wants them to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, it's also you because you're the one that God has placed there to speak it. Right. Mm-hmm. And they haven't seen it because you haven't spoken of right. it. Right. So sometimes it's, it's we're all unique, right? We're, yep. we're all created for a, a purpose. Yep. And, and sometimes it's your voice that's needed to see the perspective. Not always, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, it's, it's not your agenda, but it is absolutely your responsibility to, to at least bring things to light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. This is part of the, this is part of the hard that mm-hmm. comes in church mm-hmm. because it's uncomfortable at times to have those uncomfortable conversations. It's super duper easy to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and especially when it's something that, that is more a preference or a conviction piece and not an absolute. Like the absolutes are called absolutes for a reason. <laughs> but if you're allowing the convictions, your convictions or your preferences to creep into the way that the church ought to operate, then you are you are putting your yourself in the seat of God and, and operating as judge. And that is not that is not a healthy way to follow Jesus in in any respect. Right? Back to the whole we're called the church to come and die. And a lot of that has to do with things that, man, I see the Spirit of God moving here, but because I don't like this thing over here, I can't be a part of that. What? Like, you see the Spirit of God moving. You hear the Bible being preached. Like, people's lives are getting changed, and because you don't like we play that song on Sunday morning, you're out? Like, I I think you're you're being back to the consumeristic, right? You, mm. You're just you're just coming to church to be a consumer mm. when we're called to be contributors, right? Owners and and not mm. renters. We have to have r- responsibilities and not rights in all of this. Mm-hmm. And it's all meant to cultivate that 
that mm-hmm. spirit of of growth, that spirit mm-hmm. of uh, of of help and hope. And man, if people are are coming to coming to experience Jesus in a very authentic way, that's something you shouldn't get in the way of. Now, that being said, maybe you're being called somewhere else. Maybe you're being called to contribute somewhere else because your season of ministry work in that church as a part of that body is over. You'll know that because it comes from a very unselfish place, and you'll also know that because you will be willing and able to confront the leadership and say, hey, just a preference thing, like, I'm not down with the way you play this song, I'm not down with the the lights, I'm not down with this thing, Um, and I really feel like in this season of my life, God is calling me somewhere else to contribute, not to consume but to contribute somewhere else. Um, and I've had some of those conversations with folks here. Um, you know, being here for three years, a lot has changed, as you guys mentioned. And with that comes some hurt feelings because you don't do this thing the way you did it for the last 15 years because it, it's not really a biblical thing and it's just a preferential thing. And, and now we're reaching new people. Um, and, and there were people that just cut and run. And we had conversations afterward, and and it was, I don't know, not usually not healthy, but uh, it it was what it was. So so that's a that's actually a really good place to start. And I know that we're a ways into this, but as far as giving people an idea of like where where do I find a church, mm-hmm. find somewhere where you can be a contributor. Yes, mm-hmm. that that besides the obvious, like they're preaching the word of God, right? Um, which may not be obvious, but sorry, if, you know, if, if that was misunderstood. Um, but it, preaching the word of God, find somewhere first and foremost that you can be a contributor mm-hmm. because it, we're called to be servants, right? We're, we're called to have a servant's heart. And so if, if you find somewhere where you can contribute, you're going you're gonna to dig in and you're going to find ways around the things you don't like, mm-hmm. right? Like you're gonna you're gonna be like, okay, I may not like how loud it is, right? Mm-hmm. But these people in here are loud mm-hmm. because they're worshiping Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And I can help out here. I can help out. I can help out in the kids area. I can help out in the youth. Mm-hmm. And I may not like how crazy they get sometimes, or you know, I'm not good at football or volleyball is a big thing here at our church now. And um, but. I, I can look past all of that because like we're all doing this for Jesus. Mm. You know, I can help out here and I I'm I can plug in here. So look for somewhere where you can you can serve and you can contribute. That's that'll be I would say that's the the second most point um after them preaching the word of God that mm. that is find somewhere you can serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually to brag on our church for a moment, um something that I really appreciate about the culture that we have here is that the answer is typically yes. How can we help? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as our church grows and we change and I know I'm going to use the word evolve and someone's going to cringe somewhere. Um, but as our church grows and evolves and, um, changes, um, you know, it's called adaptation, adaptation Mm -hmm. as our church adapts, um, (laughs) not macro. Yeah. Not macro. Um, not down, not down with apples. No Mac. Okay, so as we, <laughs> as our church changes, you know, I people we come to me t-shirt. all the time and ask, "No Mac." 
I like it. Sorry. Y'all Sorry. are terrible. <laughs> They're ragging on me because I'm the Apple guy. Um, no, I just hate Apple. So is Grant. Yeah, I love that. Uh, but yeah. Oh, look at that. We just became friends. But mm-hmm. no yeah, Mac yeah. would be a cool T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Like a not, no macro evolution. Yeah, let's get back on no that. Mac. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, but, you know, a, a term that I hear often is yes. The answer is yes, but how can I help? Yeah. You know, and so as our church grows and changes and people have different dreams, they're like, hey, how can, can I contribute in this way? Yes. How can I help? And actually, I just recently had that conversation with someone on who now serves regularly on my team. They're like, hey, I really want to do this, and I'm passionate about this. How can I do this at the church? And I'm like, I don't know. The answer is yes, but I don't know how, so how can I help? Um, And I think that's something that people are maybe sometimes afraid of, is asking, like, hey, our church, I see our church doesn't do this. I'm really passionate about this, and I'd like to contribute in that. Um, Yeah, I feel like it's moved not as much anymore, but we used to have a lot of people being like, this is an idea I have, but you should be the one doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, actually, no, it comes it, every once in a while. Yeah. But yeah. it's not as bad as, it, it's not as bad as, it, I feel like yeah. it's, it's a lot more of those conversations. Yeah. Like, okay, well, how can we help you facilitate that? Nothing would of, get done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nothing in a church would get done. Mm-hmm. If that's how the church actually operated, mm-hmm. there would just be mm-hmm. no possible way yeah. to do anything. If it was all on the people who like are paid to do it. Yeah. And <laughs> something, I had a conversation with a pastor buddy recently and they were talking about, like, we have nobody to serve. And I said, and I don't want to be, like, rude and say, well, man, that's probably the culture, like, mm-hmm. that you either have or you're in. Like, and it's all seasonal, too. And and he was looking around. He's like, dude, I have nobody serving kids ministry. He has, like, three volunteers that rotate their 20, per, like, 20 kid ministry. They, like, the three of them just rotate. And they have nursery on up to sixth grade because that's how schools are where they are. And then, you know, he's going through, he's like, dude, I have nobody to serve on the worship team. I have a keys player and that's it. And I'm like, and your church is like 120 people. And so I was thinking about it. I'm like, I told him, I said, hey, just make the, like when someone says, hey, I'd like to do that. Yes. How can I help? Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other thing when looking for a church, I, I don't know if we mentioned it, they celebrate communion. It doesn't have to be every week, but they have to celebrate communion because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. something that we're biblically commanded to do. And then... Um, and then also that they they celebrate salvation. They celebrate changed lives. That's something also that, like, Jesus talks about the heavens rejoice mm-hmm. when when the lost come home. And, and that's something that we, the church, are supposed to model. Those are, those are the two things I learned in my very short time in Bible college, that if you're going to either be in ministry or be attending a church at all, if you're a, a Christian looking for a church, those are the two things that they should absolutely do is celebrate salvation, change lives, whatever you call it, people coming home to the faith, or the lost coming home to, to Christ, and then and then communion. That was the other thing. That... If they're not, also, if they're not, like, obviously, you know, a, off the wall in the wrong direction biblically, right, then I would say give it a month or two at least. Mm-hmm. You know, give them time because you never know when it's an off week. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's got off weeks, and sometimes it's a collective, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes it's a collectively off week. Mm-hmm. And so, and that could be, that could even be on an Easter, heaven mm-hmm. forbid, like big day, Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Christmas Eve service, right? Could be a big day. Like, they're human, right? Mm-hmm. A- anybody in the church, mm-hmm. they're humans. And so, they're going to have off days. So, give them two, three months, mm-hmm. you know, of, of checking it out. I mean, you're going to grow when you're seeking Christ because your personal life should be reflecting that too. You should be digging in personally into scripture. So 
you're going to grow, but like you can't just you can't judge a book by the first time you go. Mm-hmm. So go go to a church with that in mind. I asked uh, I asked someone today actually. I said someone involved at Rise. I said how would you describe Rise to somebody that, you know, somebody that's seeking a church? How how would you and there were four main points, and I thought it was a pretty cool <laughs> reflection. And it was uh, volunteer friendly, which is very important, mm-hmm. uh, community focused, mm-hmm. Bible teaching, that's a non negotiable, that's got to be there, mm-hmm. right? And family oriented. Mm-hmm. And the conversation kind of went in a couple different directions, but it was really awesome because it kind of, uh, she talked about how, um, you know, there's a lot of churches that are, uh, you know, geared towards seniors older people and you know look down upon kids laughing and running through the hallways and everything else and then on the flip side of it there's some that are geared towards high school college which is looks totally different than you know what you might want as a kind of middle of the road family mm-hmm. so i thought it was pretty cool though uh, it was a cool reflection to say you know and all of it you know okay Bible teaching, non-negotiable, but family-oriented. Like that's kind of we choose, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, target for mm-hmm. hey, what age group, right? But community-focused and volunteer-friendly. You know, if we're not focused on our own curtains and pews, chairs, you know, lights are important. But Thanks. you know, <laughs> the more that we we're focused on how we look inside, the less we look out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty awesome because something that I love about this church, I've been part of a few churches, uh, one of them being very large, and it was, from my perspective, very consumed with the inward appearance, mm-hmm. like how everything looked inside. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so awesome here. We have a fraction of what that larger church had, mm-hmm. and it was a Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, <laughs> okay. So... But we're not like nearly consumed with the same numbers and all of that kind of stuff. Not that we're, I mean, we're, our goal is mm-hmm. for changed lives, mm-hmm. but we're constantly reaching out. And I think mm-hmm. that's a, a solid reflection of the hands and feet of God and, and how he's moving through us. And I, I think this is an incredible season. and mm-hmm. It's awesome, you know? Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned kids running through the halls. Mm-hmm. I yell at the kids. Well, I do security. I yell at them. Well, <laughs> that's, it's interesting that that's, that's a point of contention at our church. Mm-hmm. And I remember a couple years back, um, some people in this room were uh, on staff at a church, and um, this church had a very much no noise tolerance in the auditorium, like, rule. Right. And We're a broadcast location. Yeah. Yeah. We're not nope. going to throw them completely <laughs> no under the bus. We are not yeah. going to completely it's throw them under the bus. Yeah. That's I said some people in this room. Um, but well, well, Nick spoke up and it sealed that. Yeah, <laughs> that that it did seal the you deal. You know, I couldn't say quiet. I know. But, you know, <laughs> part of Nick's job was to make sure there was no distractions in the auditorium. So if you had a baby that was crying, he was supposed to ask you to leave the auditorium. Mm-hmm. Of which one of the pastors at our church did. And it was a new family. and uh, Just baptized probably two or three weeks before that. I baptized them, got to know them a little bit. And uh, one of the other pastors at the church came and said, your baby is keeping people from Jesus. And so they were like, 
we are never coming back here ever again. They went they went to pick up their their kid who was in children's ministry like midstream, and I got word from somebody like, uh, Nick, you better come over here because there's some people really upset. And I was like, okay. And I walked over and I was like, oh my gosh, it's you guys like. What did he say? <laughs> and so a rule that we have at our church is that we will do our best to never tell somebody and we create a culture that it's okay if your kid's screaming. You know you know your baby's screaming. Like yeah. you as a parent are like already embarrassed about it. And so you're like, uh, but we will never do anything about it. Something that I walked away with from that experience mm-hmm. was like I I fought <laughs> my boss who even at one point said, Nick, if you can't do this, then maybe you're not fit for this job. Um, and he's saying this, meaning tell families that their kid's screaming in the auditorium that he they have to get out. Sorry. Right. Context. Well, it was, they, I mean, there was so much more that went into that. There was monitoring people coming into the auditorium, and if they had babies, to be like, hey, there's a family lounge over here. Come take them to the family lounge. Or, hey, there's a um, you know, children's ministry over here. They'll take baby six six months old and up like basically it is if you have a babe or i'm going to put you right by the exit and make sure that you can leave immediately and then as soon as the baby makes any type of noise it's like you got to be on them and be like hey how can i help like let, can i take you to the family lounge like what's this look like so it, it was it was not a positive culture from that standpoint and like i'm looking at what jesus is like He's rebuking the disciples who are like, don't bring the babies to Jesus. And he's like, what do you mean don't bring, bring the babies, the babies to me? <laughs> like, I love the babies. Yeah. Bring them all. So that's, that's don't what, keep any of these from me. Like, that's these where are my, the people. Con- my yeah. contention and conflict lies is because, like, the place they should be running and happy is here. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The they church. should be having a blast here. Yep. Yeah. They should have that experience. They shouldn't have the experience of, hey, stop running. Yep. Like, because that immediately is like, well, apparently oh, yeah. you don't love me. There's like, a moment where I mean, that's that needs yeah, to happen. To clarify, right. yeah. to clarify, so, yeah. we're we're yeah. in small group and they started popping balloons down the hallway. So I was like, hey, hey, hold on. Actually, I reached for okay. my gun at that point. <laughs> yeah. All right, but let's think about this from from a different perspective for a moment, right? Like, I understand there is a point of safety problems at mm-hmm. some points. Like old people, kids probably shouldn't be running around where old people are. That's that's safety for the old people's concern and and the kids right like uh, so my problem that is shouldn't happen. Supervised children, but mm. and unsupervised <laughs> children's a problem too. But for their safety reasons, mm-hmm. right? We ain't got um, no church moms that would just beat them over the head. But our our perspective is is hey, this is an inconvenience to me. <laughs> I I don't like this a lot of times. Like not to harp on you or nothing, no, but like no, no, the yeah. popping of balloons. Like why were the kids were popping balloons? Like they're having fun in a church setting and I know it's it can be distracting but let's think in an eternal mindset let's think in an eternal mindset for a moment and and let's let's just smile mm-hmm. that they're in there popping balloons mm-hmm. that there's enough kids that want to be here that it's loud mm-hmm. that there's there's True. kids running around the hallways and having a blast in a place that most of the world doesn't even want to be. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's my, 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 you know, my conflict is I get there's a, there's some control issues and there's some, 
we, we have to have safety issues, right? But, like, let's change our perspective and, and appreciate the fact that, A, their parents brought their kids here, mm. right? Parents brought their kids. True. Regardless of, like, the situation surrounding that, because I know that all different types of situations, whether they think we're a babysitting service or they they are truly just wanting their family to grow, like, parents brought their kids here. Mm -hmm. And their kids are having a really good time. So, like, before we say, hey, stop doing this, let's let's take a moment to, to thank God for them being here. But then also to say, hey, can we do this in this area and, and redirect, mm -hmm. redirect their joy? Don't don't stop it. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't don't smash their joy, but redirect their joy and just appreciate the fact that they've got it. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. true. It's it's great, man. Like I I know you guys are in the same boat with with Serenity, and I'm in that place with with my kids where um, they genuinely like to be at church. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. Eli asks to go to church. He's Serenity three, does too. and it's he's like every time we leave the house, we going to church. Nah, bud, we're not going to church. Can we go to church? <laughs> <laughs> we can, not right now. I want to go now. Like, there's nobody there. I don't care. Like he, he is. He just loves the fact that he can come in their space and he can run around and do whatever. But even the girls, like they're teenagers, and when we talk about having a birthday, we're like you could pretty much go and do whatever you want to. And like, ah, oh, we want to have a, our birthday party at the church. Like, okay, are you sure? I try to talk them out of it. Like <laughs> you said, you talk, David Buster. David Buster. Yeah, nice. David Buster. David Buster. Awesome. Like, let's go to David. I don't even care if it's going to cost me three hundred bucks. Like, and, and it will. David <laughs> Buster's is super fun. Like, let's go there. Nah, time. let's and go that's to just the church. The gas to get there. Right. Yeah, let's just go to the church. And I was like, all right. Like, there's far mm. worse things that you could yeah. want to do. And then, and then it's cool because then they bring all their friends to the church and like right. they get to come and hang out and and it's right. non-confrontational and there have been a few few mixed results in in the back in the past but um like they can come to and be like this isn't what i thought a church should be like even though they're not here for a worship gathering they're they're just here to hang out like yeah oh, it's yeah. okay i can and that's what the here. church should be yeah. is like Right, you look back biblically. What was the church? It was usually in a community center or like the center of town. It mm -hmm. was the place that things happened, and we've come so consumeristic that church fits my needs and this it checks this box in my life. Mm -hmm. And whereas, like, once again, not to brag on what we do, but like we're trying to change that culture, right? Like our mm -hmm. vision is that we want to be the community center. Like mm -hmm. we want to have services and things for people to come and do because granted there's not much to do in the town that we live in. Mm -hmm. One pretty cool article that I actually saw was a pastor in Indiana and it was six ways the Bible tells us what church should look like. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was kind of interesting and I'll read the six points briefly, but we've actually hit on a ton of them. Mm -hmm. um, not surprisingly, but mm -hmm. it's a biblical <laughs> church uh, involves at least two people gathering together in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. A biblical church celebrates the Lord's Supper together. A uh, biblical church is led by qualified elders. A uh, biblical church worships in song together. A uh, biblical church maintains corporate holiness through church discipline. That could mm -hmm. probably be a pretty good one. 
Uh, church discipline. Church yeah, discipline. We need to revisit that. <laughs> All right. And uh, biblical church is placed uh, is a place where Christians can use their spiritual gifts to bless one another. Mm-hmm. And I I think that like all of those things are so important. You know why church? Which church? What church? Um, you know those are some of the non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. And I know we keep going back to that. I I do anyways. But like. However, there's a, a, a thousand, thousands of different perspectives and translations uh, of, of the Bible, like how people perceive it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important that you, you have to test it. If you go to a church, you can't just show up on a Sunday and say, mm-hmm. hey, this is the church for me, or it's not. Um, like you said, like, you got to give it a solid month to mm-hmm. figure out, like, is this a place, is this a community that I want to be part of, yeah. and what is their foundation? Yeah, you know, because if the foundation is no good, then forget the rest of it. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. That was kind of a cool note. I also have a Jesus is not, and it lists out every single denomination, and that was pretty good too. We won't bore you with that. They but, probably forgot our denomination, though. They didn't uh, put Christian church. Non-denomination, denomination. Else, <laughs> the non-denominational, non-denominational denomination. Yeah. Um, it was funny you were talking about that. How you know the church is supposed to, and it checks all these boxes. A saying that is in our non-denominational denomination that's quite common is that in doctrine we have unity, in opinions we have liberty, in all things we operate in love. Churches followed that. A lot of good ones, right? Yeah. So. I don't know, like, land this bad boy. Man, church is, it's a challenge in our culture, and it's almost become a swear word, you know? A, a lot of people get uber offended when you bring it up, and yet it is one of the places where you will experience the deepest, most vulnerable, most intimate, most challenging, greatest times in your life if you're willing to put yourself in a position to receive what the church is meant to represent, and that's Jesus. It's the body of Christ. It's, it's the, the process of sanctification, which is a big churchy word, where, where we are being made in God's image, remade in God's image, and that only comes by way of those points that Grant mentioned. It only comes by way of community, communion. Uh, it only comes by way of worshiping together. Uh, and it's not done as a lone wolf. And so if if you feel like your only way to connect with God is by yourself and that everyone else is doing it wrong, I assure you that the wrong person is the person in the mirror. Uh, it's not the people in the pews. Uh, so I would I would challenge you to get over yourself. I would challenge you to to go to church and and to die, to die to self. And to find Jesus in the midst of all of that. Because you will. You will find what you're looking for. And if, you, if you're only looking for hurt, that's all you'll find. If you're only looking for hypocrites, that's all you'll find. But if you by chance desire to walk through those doors of whatever local church you might find, and you desire to find Jesus, love, grace, hope, mercy, goodness, I promise you, you're going to find that. Listen to the call that God's placed upon your heart and be willing to put yourself in a position to find the far better in this life that 
this world promises you but can never deliver on. can only come by way with a relationship with Jesus. So my encouragement, find a church that preaches the Bible. Find a church that worships together. Find a church that works together. Find a church that's passionate about the community. Find a church that's willing to, to bring you along and to welcome you in. Find a church that Jesus is the focal point and not something on the periphery. And when you find that church, you will find freedom and you will find that you are becoming a changed life as well. Church is important, y'all. And I hope that you will find that place where you belong and where God's calling you to contribute to his kingdom. Man, it's been an awesome time for us to get together and to talk about church. And uh, hey, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about your experiences even, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it might look like, because I know that there are some of you listening to this right now who are like, I will never darken the door of another church for so long as I live. And uh, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear from you about that, hear from your experiences, and maybe we can, maybe we can help you through that a little bit. Uh, so you can hit us up at thetruthresponse at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the Facebook. Maybe and Instagram. And Instagram. Yeah, I'm working and on Instagram. it. I'm working on it. And you can hit us up on Instagram. And, uh, hey, make sure you, you, you share this with your friends that you might know that are experiencing some of that, some of that challenge with church as well. And, uh, and watch, as, watch as God changes their lives too. Man, what a great time it's been. And I can't wait to do this again next week. God bless you guys. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.